and the last Sunday of the month of July. I want to thank God Almighty for this opportunity and appreciate our pastor and the leadership for this opportunity to bring the word of God to us today. Um, as we know, this month is our month of new beginnings. Amen. And since the first Sunday, we've been learning things about new beginnings. So today we want to learn about new beginning reality in relationship. Okay. And generally, there are two types of relationships, the one with God and the one with uh, fellow uh, human beings, our fellow men. So today, we are going to see how we can improve our relationship with God and what God expects us, now that our new beings, our new creation, what is expected of us in, in terms of relationship with our fellow humans. Amen. Just a way of recap, we know we have learned about this, uh, the new creation realities of God has taken us out of darkness, the kingdom of darkness to his kingdom. We are new beings. We are now born again Christians. We are now children of God. And then we begin to see the power that God has given to us as a result of this new birth, as a result of this new experience of and being new creatures we also learned that the holy spirit is our connection is the connection we have with god so the difference between us and an unbeliever is that the holy spirit resides in us the holy spirit dwells in us in the old testament the bible said the men the great men men of old they were moved as the holy spirit descended on them per time but for us, the Holy Spirit actually resides in us. So we carry the presence of God wherever we go. We also learned about the characteristics of a new man. What is the spirit of this new man that we have? And last week, we learned about the new experiences in terms of family, purpose, power, and our destiny. What God um, has in stock for us and is expecting us to do. Amen. So let's talk about the first relationship, that is vertical relationship, relationship with God, our fellowship with God. How has this new experience, our new birth, how is it changing the way we see God? How is it changing the way we relate with God? How is it changing the way we approach God? When the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected, the scripture said the holy of holies, that's like inside the temple that only the high priest could go in. Even the high priest could only go in once a year. And whenever the high priest would go in, there will be a long rope that will be tied around his waist with a, with bells ringing. So when they hear the bells ringing, making sound, that means the high priest is still alive, is he's moving. And the rope is so long in that if for whatever reason, they stop hearing any form of movement or sound. They can use the rope to pull the body of the high priest out. But when the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected from death, this barrier was broken. The Bible says it was torn into twine so that we can move freely into the holy of holies and to discuss with God. Amen. I want us to read the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 20 to 24, Ephesians chapter 4, actually reading to 29. So I read, But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him, 
and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. 25 to 29. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath, neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needed. The last verse. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, both that which is good to the use of a divine that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Hallelujah. So this is what is expected of us as a new creature, as a born-again Christian, as someone who is experiencing the realities of these new beginnings. We are putting all things behind us. The scripture says all things have passed away. We are now new. So we'll see some ways that God wants us to begin to think and begin to relate with him. Now, the first way is about our regeneration. The book of Titus 3 verse 5 is talking about regeneration of our spirit. Now, what does that mean? It means that your focus, your attention, your priority is about things of God. It's about heavenly things. The Lord Jesus Christ said we should lay our treasures in heaven where no moth or thief can break into destroy. And wherever a man's treasure is, that's where his heart will be. So for us as regenerated being, our treasure, our focus is heavenly, is divine. It's about God. It's about things of God. It's about heavenly things. So we, gradually, it, it takes a while. Because when a child is born, it will take a while for the child to be sitting, to, to be able to walk, to be able to feed solid and all that. It will take a while. So gradually, we begin to think less and less of earthly things, less and less of worldly things, and more and more of divine and godly things. And this will preoccupy our mind. This will be our focus. This will be things of attention for us. This will be something of priority for us. Things of heaven. Romans 12, chapter 1 and 2. Thinking that, telling us that we should bring a holy sacrifice unto God by renewing of our mind. How can we renew our mind? Renew our mind can be in various forms. You can renew your mind in terms of your finance. Now, in your finance, how were you relating with money before, before you got born again? What's your relationship to God? What's those, if your fellowship with God means to you when it comes to area of finance? I'll give myself an example. Before I got born again, I didn't know anything about giving tithes or giving offering to church or anything or giving sacrificially. I know I, all I need that I'm working for money, I'm making the money, and it's for my use. But by the grace of God, when I got saved, I know that something changed in me, and the way I spend my money, the way I relate to God in terms of my finance has to change as well. And I started giving tight. And by the grace of God, I've never regretted it. I've not gone back, and I want to continue doing that. 
And you give sacrificially as well to the things of God. In area of health, I, I had one time, well, um, I think I was in secondary school or thereabout. I had a terrible dream. A very terrifying dream. And in the dream, it's as if there was a pit. Dog and a mat was laid on the pit for me to sleep on. And from my sleep, I just started calling my dad so that he would come to my rescue. So my parents, when I related, of course, they woke up and they asked me what was the problem. I told them. So the following day, of course, that was all we knew then, trying to find solution to the problem of the young me. So they took me to someone uh, who was supposed to pray for me. And I remember that he brought out a plate filled with sand and he was doing all sorts, which I didn't understand. But that was our understanding then. We believed that when we had, when we had problem, be it health, be it finance, we should run to people. We should run to men. We should run to the so-called powerful men for help, for protection. This morning, when I was doing one devotion with our, uh, our children, Pastor Debo also was telling us about his experience as well. That he had, he even as a university lecturer then, he had to buy a goat. And he bought a stubborn goat that he was dragging on the roads just to go and see a man. And within a week, the man he went to see also died in a car accident, which he himself was trying to protect himself from. So when you are renewing your mind, it means your approach to things will differ. We now differ from the way you, you used to do them. You can no longer be seeking help from men. You can no longer go to these, in quote, powerful men, prophets. The devil also understands that we men, we want solution to the problem we have, and he will arrange deception, he will arrange liars, so that they will come our way, and they will pretend to be angels of light to deceive us. We worship in the spirit. Book of John chapter 4 verse 24, it says that now God seek those that will worship him, and they that will worship him in spirit and in truth. How will you be able to worship God in spirit if you do not know that? So worshiping God in the spirit is something that the Holy Spirit will help you to do. So you need to allow the Holy Spirit's room in your life. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to fill you. If you are yet to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you pray to God for it. You desire it. When I just got born again, I desire to preach the gospel. I desire to go out for evangelism and to preach, and then I was living in Lagos, and it was a common thing to preach in the Molue bus, for those of us who, who know Lagos. Then, so, it's something I desire that I would do for God. But, because I was yet to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, I was so afraid, I was shy, I couldn't do it. But we held a service in our church one day, and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I speaking in tongue. And soon after, and soon after, many times when I got into the bus, I stood before people, I preached the gospel. In fact, there was one particular one that 
obviously, there were a lot of people in the bus that were of other religions. And I just said to myself, oh, maybe I shouldn't preach today. But the Holy Spirit said, no, preach to all, every creature, everyone. So I stood up, I preached, I delivered the message. I didn't care whether they listened or not, but the Holy Spirit helped me to be able to preach the gospel. So that is what the Holy Spirit would do for you. And that is one of the benefits of this new beginning and the newborn, new reality, new being a new creature. Without that, the Holy Spirit cannot come to you and you cannot have that connection with God. Amen. So, so how can we improve our relationship with God? Quickly, I'm going to run through this. The study of the word of God. When you are born again, you need to start studying the word of God. You need to start reading the word of God. You need to start hearing the word of God. Whether you are able to study it yourself, whether you are able to read it yourself, or what you hear from church, from Bible study, from teachers, you need to start listening to the word of God. Because whoever has your ears has your heart. And in the end, you will have your a transformation in your behavior. So whoever you give your ears to will have your heart, will form what your character will be. Because when you hear the word of God, the word of God will teach you the truth. The word of God will teach you the way. Any problem you might have, any doubt you might have, any confusion you might have, the solution is in the word of God. But only when we study it. First Timothy 2.15 telling us that we should study to show ourselves approved unto God. Walked man that needed not to be ashamed and rightly dividing the word of truth. Prayer. We need to pray. And the thing about prayer is you don't have to pray long hours at a stretch. Short prayer, but regular. That is very effective. Short prayer, but regular prayer. Every morning, every evening before you sleep, pray. Pray to God. If you do not know what to pray, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. Ask God to give you the grace to pray. So God will help you to pray. Remember the apostles, when the Lord Jesus also took them to the mountain to pray for him while, while his um, ministry on earth was coming to an end. They were sleeping. They couldn't pray. And he went back to them. He says, can't you watch for me just one hour? So you are not alone if you are struggling to pray. You need the strength of God. You need the help of God to be able to pray as much as you need to pray. But prayer will help us, will facilitate our relationship with God and help us to improve our fellowship with God Almighty. Fasting. The Lord Jesus Christ was telling his disciples that this kind goeth not out but by fasting and praying. Hallelujah. We just concluded a one week fast yesterday. So we need to fast. And fasting is not just to show off. It's fasting will help you to be able to devote and concentrate on spiritual things, on things of God. It will help you to subdue the flesh. Because the flesh and the spirit, they are at war every time, every moment. The flesh will want you to go to the left. The spirit wants you to go to the right. And the flesh, because things of the flesh are pleasurable. So it's so easy for us to lean towards the flesh. But with prayer and the help of God, we can subdue the flesh and start leaning towards the things of the spirit. At every time, every moment, there's struggle. There's struggle and fight for our hearts, for our soul. By the flesh, by the spirit. So if you allow the spirit of God, it will help you. And remember, 
we are spiritual being once become born again you are a spiritual being you are just having a temporary physical of a fleshly experience because once you are born again and by the grace of god you keep yourself god said you will escape the second death what that means that you will live eternally with god and meditating upon the word of god joshua 1 8 meditating upon the word of god so it says, when we meditate upon his word, it will day and night, we'll be able to do his will. It will bring you good success. That's the word of God. So when you meditate upon the word of God, it will help you to direct your path. And of course, the Holy Spirit, just like we said before, the Holy Spirit is our seal unto the salvation. The Holy Spirit is the connection. The Holy Spirit is what will help us. So when the rapture is taking place, the Holy Spirit it's like the magnets, what the angels will see in us that will make us be rapturable. And the same book of Ephesians was admonishing us that we should not grieve the Holy Spirit. So as Christians, when you have the Holy Spirit in you, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Ensure that you have a fellowship with the Holy Spirit continually and so that it will keep helping you and sustain you even unto the very last. So if there is any struggle in any area or experience of this new birth. All we need to do is go to God. Ask him. God is merciful and is kind. He loves us. Just go to him. Father, I want to pray more. Father, I need the Holy Spirit. Father, I need the grace and strength to fast. I'm, I'm personally, before I got born again, I couldn't fast. As well. I couldn't fast. I, 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 can't, I can't see myself staying without food. And by the grace of God, I've gone days without food. I've done several manner of fastings, several lengthy fasts. How? The grace of God. So, if God can help me, he can help you as well. All you need to do is just ask him for his help. Amen. Now, the relationship with fellow humans, horizontal relationship, the scripture says, how can you say that you love God, but you do not love your brother that you see? You cannot love well if God has not changed your heart. When the Lord Jesus Christ, when, during his earthly ministry, when he was teaching, they would go to him, oh, good, good master, good Lord. He said, no, no one is good. And what he was saying is that it is impossible for a physical man, it is impossible for a natural man, it's impossible for the old man to be good. It's only through God that we can do good. It's only through the help of God that we can do good. So if we, as Christians, we have the experience of the new birth, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us, we are now new creatures. So God has actually restated us to how he initially intended humans to be in his image and likeness. So we now begin to demonstrate that the way we treat our fellow brothers and sisters, the way we relate to them. We let them begin to see that attribute of God in you. Let them begin to see the attribute of godliness. Let them begin to see the attribute of the new birth in you. That's the only way. Most times throughout the Lord Jesus Christ ministry on earth, he was going out to help the needy, to help the people. And then tell them about the word of God. The Bible says, multitude went unto the Lord Jesus Christ and he had compassion on them. 
Are you compassionate? So the Lord Jesus Christ will add compassion on people. The Lord Jesus Christ will go out to help people. Today, God is calling us to a new relationship with humans, with ourselves. That we should come together to help ourselves. What you have, your achievement, your intellect, your resources, because you are now a new creature, they do no longer belong to you alone. God has deposited them in your hand, in your disposal, for you to help him, to help somebody he loves. The Bible says if we close our ears to the cry of the poor, even when we cry, say God will not hear us. And when we give to the poor, it's like we are lending to God. It's like you are lending to God and God definitely will repay. Amen. Hebrews 13, 1 to 2. Hebrews chapter 13, 1 to 2. Let brotherly love continue. Be not forgetful to entertain strangers. For thereby some have entertained angels on our ears. Hallelujah. Even our father of faith, Abraham, he entertained angels on our ears. He didn't know that they were angels. Even though God has promised him a son, but through him opening up his family, his house that day to those angels, God confirmed and fulfilled his promise in his life. And they told him by this time next year, Sarah will have a child. And Sarah was even laughing that, oh, it can't be. I remember when I was in school, I was in hundred level then. Um, a total stranger, I don't know how, as big as the university was, he approached me that he was stranded, uh, he, he was traveling, he needed a place to sleep and all that. So, And funny enough, earlier that day, my devotion, I read about this passage of the scripture. And when he approached me, me, myself, normally, I would have suggested, no, I was busy, or oh, medical student, I was going to read. It was in the night. But the Holy Spirit just reminded me of the scripture I read. So, I abandoned what I had to do that night, going to the uh, library to read. So, I took him to my room, left my bed for him, actually cooked. And you know how rich students were then. So, but I still brought out part of my food, cooked for him, fresh cooking, served him, and all that. And the following morning, he said, okay, I think either he gave me a number or something I don't understand, but since then to today, I've not had contact or heard from him. What am I trying to say? Several years later, I myself, I traveled, I traveled to Jaws and I was stranded. Brother, when I mean stranded, I mean I was completely stranded. I could not leave Jaws unless someone helped me. There was no way I would have left Jaws unless someone helped me. But God raised help for me. Unknown people as well supported me, helped me, and I was able to continue my journey. And several times, several times, my wife and myself, we were talking to our children that our family, God has never left us stranded. There has never been any situation, however difficult it might be, However tough it might be, on the last day, God will always show up for us and has always been true to us. So, it could be 
That's what we have sown in the past as well. That God is just repaying us. So brethren, open your heart. Open your homes to people. Help. No matter who this person is. No matter what. The ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, our God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth who went about doing good. It was about doing good. It's about reaching out. You are a new creature in God now. You are not just all by yourself. What you have is not just for you. You are supposed to reach out to me. Reach out to that brother. Reach out to that sister. And sometimes it could just be a phone call. Sometimes it doesn't mean you have to spend money. Sometimes it's a visit. Sometimes a text message. When I was pastoring in Nigeria, sometimes I would just feel that even somebody would come and visit pastor or follow up pastor. Amen. Because sometimes you are, you are down yourself. But who do you go to as a pastor, as the head of the church? People run to you for help, for prayers. But sometimes you yourself, you need help. And you don't know. Sometimes when you just receive message for some, a member of the church, oh, pastor, I'm just checking on you. Oh, how long that goes in helping us. So reach out to the leaders. Send them messages. Just say, pastor, I'm just saying hi. Just say, I should check on you today. That will make his day. Hallelujah. I want us to read the story of a lady Dorcas in the scripture. Acts chapter 9, 36 to 39. Now there was a Joppa, a certain disciple named Thabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This one was full of good works and harm's deeds, which she did. And it came to pass those days that she was sick and died. Whom when they had washed, they lay her in the upper chamber. You wonder why. She was dead. The next thing was supposed to be bury her. But because of her good deeds, people felt that this woman was too good to just die this way. And they were hopeful that she would come back to life. Why? Because she had impacted the life of people. She did not just impact the life of anybody. She impacted the life of vulnerable people, the widows. And for as much as Lida was near to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him, weeping, and showing the coats and the garments which Dorcas made while she was with them. 40 to 42. But Peter pulled them all forth, kneeled down, and prayed, and turning into the body said, Thabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called his, the saints and the widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. Hallelujah. The hands deeds of this woman spoke for her. God arranged that Peter would be at Joppa at that time. Or Lida at that time. What I'm just saying, I just said about my family. God will always come to the rescue of a giver. God will always come to the rescue of someone who opens his heart to help people. Even when it is inconvenient for you and you go out of your way to help people, you are lending to God. This woman, it's not as if she had the most money. 
The scripture did not talk about whether she was married. Perhaps it could be that she herself was a widow. So she was sewing clothes for these women, for the widow. She was giving it to them free. She was helping them. And sometimes your passion, it could just be your passion, your desire. It could just be something you enjoy doing. Just keep doing. Many of the charities we see today were born out of passion of some people. They did not start out as a charity or something. They just want to help. There's a woman, she was telling us her story. Um, the charity is called A Wish Upon a Star. She, she was telling us how she lost her son and then she lost her son and the problem felt that as, as though her husband felt that he was guilty or maybe they, the parents, they failed the boy and that was why they died. Uh, he died. Maybe they didn't rest, they didn't take him to hospital on time or something. But the doctor said, no, even if you had brought him earlier, he would still have died. But Somehow, the husband, one day, they were hugging about the death of this boy. He just stormed out of the house, and I think he went and drowned himself. So, a few days later, the woman just saw police in front of her house, and um, like tell, telling her that they found the husband's body somewhere um, by the river bank. So she said that when the, their family going through this period of grief, they did not receive so much of help that they needed. And so she, from her own pain, from her own place of grief, she started helping other families who have lost children, who have lost loved ones. She started supporting them. She started helping them. And today, it's a very big charity. Today, helping people, especially parents that have just lost their children, supporting them, helping them. So you never can tell that help they are giving today, what it will lead to. Alexander Fleming, for those of us who are um, science inclined, he actually discovered the first antibiotics, penicillin. And this is what he said. He said, one sometimes finds what one is not looking for. When I woke up just after dawn on September 28, 1924, I certainly did not plan to revolutionize all medicine by discovering the world's first antibiotic or bacteria killer. But I suppose that was exactly what I did. So what are you doing? You do not know what you are doing. You don't know that posterity could benefit from what you are doing today. But start it. Start doing something. It doesn't matter whether people appreciate it or not. For Alexander Fleming, he started by... Because then, World War I... He was a doctor, but he was just recruited into army. He had to go to the battlefront. Then he was in the medical infantry and all that, treating people, wounded soldiers. And he saw the soldier that was what they call antiseptic that they were using then. They would pour it on wounds and all that. But despite that, the soldiers were still dying. So he felt that there must be something going on. There could be a way he can improve that. That's something that he could do to help more. Because it was, they were bringing the wounded soldiers to him. He was using the recommended anti antiseptics, but they were dying. They were dying. Later, they found out that the antiseptics were actually contributing to making the wound worse, and they were getting infected. They were dying of sepsis. And one thing led to the other. He developed and discovered the first antibiotic. But the first thing was that he had that passion to help fellow soldiers. 
They felt that they were dying. They need, they did, they didn't have to die if it could help. So what are you doing today? Which way can you come in? Which way can you help? Which way can you support? It could be in the church. Just look around. What's the need in the church? What's the need around you? Your neighbors, your family, your brothers, your sisters, your parents, church members, your fellow students. You might be strong in, in a particular subject. You can help others. So just look around. What can I do? A simple thing that I can do. I'll just run through the uh, following people. Joseph interpreted dreams and that led him to the palace. So that hands that are given today, the hand you are stretching out to help today, you don't know where it's going to lead you. I'm sure Joseph, his plan wasn't for him to become prime minister or to become assistant to Pharaoh. He was just helping people, fulfilling their dreams. And he was, his own dream appeared to have been caged, appeared to have been imprisoned, appeared to have been stagnated, and yet he was still helping people, fulfilling their dreams, and God remembered him. Dorcas, we just talked about her. What about the boy with the loaves of bread, five loaves of bread? This boy helped the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what I was talking about, helping pastors. Pastor cannot do everything. The Lord Jesus Christ preached to people, but now he has to feed them physically, physical food. But this boy volunteered and gave up his five loaves and then fed 5,000 men. What about Shunammite woman? She just saw Elisha and Gehazi that they would travel every time to, for ministry. And she observed them. She called Gehazi that I observe that you travel long distance every time. Do you mind if I just build you a small shelter here so that you can just come in, spend some time, do whatever you have to do then before traveling back? And this led to her having a son of her own. This led to her even the king that was a farmer in some, Sometimes, and she had to relocate. So, so when she came back, all her property was kept for her. Why? Because of the seed she sowed. What about the parable of the good Samaritan? So it's not about title. It doesn't matter what you have, what you, what your position is. It's about who reaches out to help people. The Lord will help us in the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, I want you to begin I want you to write down possibly spiritually what areas do you need to improve? You can write down five, ten things you need, you want to improve upon about your relationship and fellowship with God as a new creature. Are you doing enough in times of prayer? Are you still struggling with fleshly lust with any sin? Write it down. Pray about it. And let's use this month of new beginning, that God indeed will start new this beginning in our lives. And secondly, in terms of relationship with fellow brothers and sisters, I want you to write down, where can you be of help to somebody? You, it could just be one person that you want to focus on at a time, that I want to assist this person. And look back into your own life as well and see that somebody somewhere has stretched out and of help to you. And that's why you are where you are today. My Angelo, for those of us who know her, she said, I've learned that people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did. But people will never forget how you made them feel. So how are you making people feel? People around you, your neighbor, your husband, your wife, your children, how are you making them feel? What are you doing to them? What are you doing for them? How are you helping them? Are you displaying this new creature? Would somebody see you and say, oh, I want to be a Christian? 
Will somebody see you and say, oh, I want to serve your God? Will somebody see you and say, oh, indeed, this is how Christianity should be practiced? Remember, the early apostles were actually named Christians by onlookers, by unbelievers, people that saw them that they were behaving like Christ, they were acting like Christ, because Jesus will always help somebody. So today, um, our new beginning experience, first about our God, and secondly, about our fellow beings as well. Amen. At this time, I want to give us opportunity to pray. But first and foremost, if you are here, you have not given your life to Jesus. You have not started the new beginning at all. You have not started to be a new creature at all. And this experience we are talking about, you cannot experience them unless you so first and foremost surrender your life to Jesus. If there's anyone watching us online here, you want to give your life to Christ, I would like you to pray this prayer after me and say, Lord Jesus, I do not ask you to come into my life. I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Sin and Satan, I denounce you today in the name of Jesus. I declare today that I'm a new creature in Jesus' name. Amen. Brethren, I want us to rise up. I want us to pray. I want you to pray to God consigning the message we have heard today. As I said, perhaps you have a list in your heart. You have areas that you want God to help you. Spiritually, you want to be a better Christian. You want to pray more. You want to be able to fast. You need the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You want to study the word of God more. And you want to study the word of God and understand it when you study. Pray to God this morning that Father, please help me. Father, Lord Jesus, help me in this new beginning. As a new creature, I want you to help me, Lord. I want to serve you more. I want to be closer to you. I want to love you more dearly. I want to walk closely with you. Help me, Father. Help me, Lord. In Jesus' name, we'll pray. We are pouring your blessings of your flow, of your grace through us unto others as well in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray.